Acts chapter 16, verse number 14. If you're there, would you say amen? amen? If you don't have a Bible tonight, it will be on the screen behind me. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass as we went to prayer that a certain damsel, a young girl, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She was what we would call today a psychic. She was a charlatan, a money maker, with gifts of the powers of darkness. The same followed Paul and us crying, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Don't you love it when the devil has to admit it? And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. They brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. Somebody say the inner prison. And made their feet fast in stocks. That sounds like it's pretty deep. Put them in the inner prison, made sure that their feet were locked up. The Bible said, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Tell your neighbor tonight, the prisoners are listening. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. Everyone's bands were loosed. I'm going to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost. What to do when your world caves in. What to do when your world caves in. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord thanks tonight for the word. 
Let the church say amen. amen. May the Lord richly bless you and you may be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing in honor and respect to the word of the Lord. This is a powerful story, one of my favorite New Testament book of Acts stories. But it is also very unique because when we read this story, we always celebrate the end of the story. We celebrate the fact that chains were loosed. We celebrate the fact that doors were opened. But I want you to understand tonight that bands were not loosed and doors were not open because they learned to sit and stare at one another and talk about how bad it had been. They didn't sit in that prison cell and share stories about how much hell had broke loose in their life. You know that misery loves company. You know it's always easy to find somebody who likes to be down. It's always easy to find somebody that likes to be out. It's always easy to find somebody that wants to share in misery. But I'm telling you, I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm not looking for somebody that's always depressed to link myself up to. I'm not looking for somebody that's always down and out to link myself up to. I want to yoke myself up with somebody that when the going gets tough, they bow up their shoulders and say, if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm looking to yoke myself up with somebody that says no matter how tough it gets, God is greater and God is bigger and God is able. If you believe it, shout yes. I was going through some old stories and notes and illustrations this week that I had kind of doing some purging and rearranging and I came across an old story that I had from October of 2010. Some of you may remember this. It was quite a story on October the 13th, 2010. Edison Pena was the 12th man to be rescued from a copper and gold mine in uh, Copiapo, Chile that had caved in during his shift on August the 5th. It left Pena and 32 colleagues entombed approximately 2,300 feet underground for 69 days. I can't breathe either. Woo! I have a cousin that was raised working in the coal mines. And he told me, he said, there were times that we would have to work certain shafts and chutes in the coal mines and he said that they were 32 to 36 inches and he said once you went in like there was no backing out I can't breathe he said I, we'd crawl in on our stomach and you couldn't he said you couldn't really get up on your knees and he said we'd just pull ourselves along down that chute and he said, the guys would come in behind you and there was one in front of you. And your only option was to just push until you got through it. But I want you to understand that these men in Chile were stuck 2,300 feet in the ground for 69 days. 
Now, I'm, I'm here tonight to preach to you, but I'm also here to expose a lie. Some of you believe that because you're facing troubles and struggles, it's because you've done something wrong and God is penalizing you. The devil has lied to you and made you believe that you're facing a hard time because God is not faithful to you and because you dropped the ball somehow and so now this is the penalty that you're having to pay. I want to tell you something about Edison Pena. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just working. And I want to tell you that Paul and Silas weren't doing anything wrong. They were just working. They were casting out devils. They were healing the sick. They were preaching the gospel. And when the enemy heard them preach the gospel, the enemy got stirred up. But the Lord said, I'm going to let this happen because there's some prisoners that need to hear the praise songs and the worship of some men that it doesn't matter how deep it gets. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. There is a praise in their heart. The Bible said that Paul and Silas were in that prison. And as they began to sing and sing and praise the Lord, that the prisoners heard it. I know this is hard for us to grab hold of sometimes. But I want you to understand that people are watching how you handle tragedy. There are people in your life that you may not even know they're watching you. But they've got their eyes on you. And they're watching how you handle the struggle. They're watching how you handle the report. They're watching how you handle the prison. And here's the reason why. They want to see if this God that you've been talking about is really all he's cracked up to be. They want to know if this deliverer you've talked about is really able to deliver you. And when you open up your mouth and you start singing and you start shouting and you start praising and when you're as low as you've ever been but you walk through the doors of the church every time the doors are open. I'm not saying they didn't struggle. I'm not saying it wasn't tough. I'm not saying they weren't treated unfairly. But what I am saying is they believe that God was as powerful in that prison as he was in the room where the devil was cast out of the girl. I'm here to tell you tonight, the atmosphere doesn't have to be perfect for revival. We can have a breakout in the middle of a prison or we can have a breakout in the middle of a palace. But I'm telling you, God is powerful enough to bring you deliverance tonight. This is, uh, this is a story of resolve. It's what the Holy Ghost does for us. We may mourn, but as Paul said, we don't mourn as others do. There are precious people in this house tonight that I have mourned with you. I have stood by you in some dark days in your life. I've stood by you in some dark losses in your life. But I've watched as the doors of the church would come open. And you could have stayed home and you could have been silent. And you could have stayed at home with tears dripping down your face. 
but you chose to be in the house of the Lord. There's somebody here tonight, I am certain of it, that had every good excuse to stay home tonight. Maybe there was a discouraging voice telling you it's not worth it to go. Maybe you were exhausted and know you've got to work tomorrow. But there was something inside of you that said, if I can just get to the house of the Lord, we are old-fashioned enough around here to believe it that we may be just one hallelujah away from the greatest breakthrough we've ever experienced in our life. The Bible said that they were praising God, that they were singing praises unto the Lord, but I want you to watch the context of this. Verse 24 said, They were put into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. I want you to see the order of deliverance. The Bible does not say that when they were thrust into the inner prison, that God let them sit there overnight. And when the sun came up, an angel came in and broke chain. The Bible said that while they were in stocks, while they were in bonds, while they were in the inner prison, they prayed and they sang praises unto God. Some of us have made up in our minds that when God shows up, we'll give him praise. When God brings deliverance, we'll give him praise. But there's a whole nother mentality of people that says, I'm going to praise him until he shows up. I'm going to sing until he shows up. I'm going to pray until he shows up. And I'm not stopping until I walk out of Look, I'm not, I'm not trying tonight to, to be the wet blanket on the fire in your life. But I've been raised around enough people who know how to praise him when it's over. I don't know if there's even anybody in here that remembers Walter Hawkins. But I grew up on Sunday morning in our old house on Alliance. Hearing Walter Hawkins sing to my mom. My mom singing in the car. On the way to the house of the Lord. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Because you know in the end you're going to win. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. It's easy to shout when it's over. But there is some power that happens in the life of somebody that just says, I may be down, but I'm not out. I may be persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I may be struck down, but I am not destroyed. And I won't be in this prison forever. I'm going to praise him until it's over. I'm going to praise him until he brings me out. I'm going to praise him. I'm not going to wait to run the aisles until he brings me out. I'm going to run until I'm out. the world would God allow us to get stuck in this prison because there's some prisoners that need to know there's some people who can praise him in a storm 
There's some people that can shout when it don't make sense. There's some people that can praise when nobody understands how you still got a praise in you. How in the world have they been through what they've been through, but they're still giving him praise? It's because you're holding on to let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I'm not praising him because I'm out. I'm praising him because I've got breath. I wish somebody would praise him right now. At a news conference in Manhattan on Thursday, November the 4th, 2010, Mr. Edison Pena, the 12th man, that was rescued from the mine in Chile. The 12th man appeared in a black suit without sunglasses and he explained through a Spanish interpreter that while he was trapped, I quote, I was running to be an active participant in my own salvation. I wasn't just waiting around. He said at first it wasn't even possible for me to run in that mine. It wasn't even possible. He said but finally he took his first steps and he made it easy. He took his knee high boots. I was going to do an illustration tonight but I ain't cutting up my hunting boots. My wife won't let me buy anymore. He said, I tried to run in my work boots. They were flopping. He said, so I pulled off them knee-high boots. He said, I took my work shears and I cut them off about high-top tennis shoes. He said, I wanted to move out of the way. You ain't hearing me. I, this is going to preach itself tonight. He said, nothing's going to get in my way to keep me from running I may be in this place and I may be stuck for a while but I'm not just going to stand still. I've got excuses for why it's not easy and I've got excuses for why I ought to just sit down but I'm going to pull these boots off and I'm going to start cutting away at the excuses and while I'm shut in I think I'll run a while. Twelve days, or 69 days, the twelfth man started running in his boots. He said, I'm going to run every day. I'm going to run. He said, through a borehole that was eventually used to deliver food and conveniences to the miners. They sent down and said, is there anything that you need? And Pena said, I want an iPod with Elvis Presley songs on it. 
He said, and I quote, I thought I'd never hear him again. But then he delighted. You, you can't make this stuff up. He delighted the press conference with an English rendition of Return to Cinder. In his Spanish accent, he began to sing Return to Cinder, address unknown. No such number, no such zone. Can I tell you tonight, I'm not here to glorify Elvis, but I want to tell you there's a message in that. When you've been in the pits of hell, there's a song that ought to go over and over in your mind. Whose report will you believe? We're going to believe the report of the Lord. Return to sender. I'm not accepting that package. I'm coming out of it. If you're waiting on me to preach good, don't keep waiting. He said, while I was running in the dark, in the hot passageways of the mind, he said, and I quote, listen to this. He said, I thought I was going to beat destiny. I was saying to that mind, I can outrun you. I am going to run until you're tired and bored of me. He said, and I did it. He said, I ran until deliverance came. I ran until breakthrough came. And I fed my mind with the thought, this is not my final answer. This is not my end. Return to the cinder. I wish somebody did a run in your spirit tonight. I'm going to worship till deliverance comes. I'm going to shout till deliverance comes. quote he said the message here is I found a way to run I did not say I can't all right well I just can't worship like I want to I just can't dance like I used to I just can't run like I used to. I don't know if y'all ever heard this story or not. And I know that there's some people that have limitations. I understand that. But my limitations are certainly not my limits. But there's a story I read many years ago, and I don't know how many of you have heard the story. Who knows? I may have told it here. But there was a little boy in church. And his mama must have been a lot like my mother. Because he said during church, he kept standing up and his mom would say, sit down. He stood up, she said, sit down. He stood up, she said, sit down. Every time he'd stand up, she'd say, sit down. Finally, after several attempts, he looked at her and he said, now mama, I want you to know 
He said, on the outside, I may be sitting, but on the inside, I'm standing. I'm here to preach to somebody tonight and tell you, you may not be able to do it like you used to, but there's still something in there. You may not can dance like you used to, but there's still a dance in there. You may not be able to run like you used to, but there's still victory in there. I wish somebody would just dance until victory comes. I love it. He said, I can outrun you. I can outrun you. I can outrun you. And I'm going to run till you're tired. I wish somebody just look at your mountain tonight and say, I can outrun you. I wish somebody look at your valley tonight and say, I will outrun you. And I'm going to worship until you're tired of He said, as I started running, he said, I would encourage other guys to run. Y'all, listen to what I'm telling you right now. He said, I started encouraging other men to run. Are you hearing me? I started encouraging other men to run. I started encouraging my brother that if it'll work for me, It'll work for you. If I can worship my way through this, you can worship your way through this. I wish somebody would get a hold of their brother tonight and say, you're going to make it. You're going to come through this thing. You're not going to die here. Listen, he said sometimes they would run and sometimes they wouldn't. But whether they run or not, I can't sit down. Can I preach for a few more minutes tonight? The Bible said that the prophet Samuel came. To Jesse's house. He said, I want, I, want, I want you to know that the Lord said the next king is coming out of your house, Jesse. He said, well, thank the Lord for that. He said, go get all your boys and make them to pass before me. Eliab came. Nope. His boys came. All seven. He said, no. I ain't feeling it. Every one of them, I'm not feeling it. No, sir. He's not the one. Finally, they all came before him. The line ended. Samuel saying, did I miss God? Did I miss something? He looked at Jesse and he said, are there any more? He said, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's one more. He's the only one that's left. He's out there tending to sheep. Read it in your Bible. Samuel said, then go 
get him. And we will not sit until he comes. He said, I know what the Lord told me. And that one's going to be the king. He said, so I've got a message for you, sir. I'm not going to sit down until the king comes. I'm not going to sit down until the king shows up. I wish somebody would help would help me tonight and make up in your mind. I am not going to sit down until the... Well, you know, Pastor, the problem with running and bore minds, bore holes in minds is you never gain any ground. You never go anywhere. You're just stuck and you run back and forth. Let me just tell you something tonight, precious child of God. I'd rather run back and forth than I would to quit. If I can't run around the church, I'd rather dance in my pew. Lord, if I ever got started trying to take a lap, I'd die halfway around. Then try to run a quarter of it. You know, every now and then in some of these old crazy services we have, we still believe in what we used to call and still do in Jesus' name, an old victory march. Anybody in here ever been part of an old victory march? Yeah, you Pentecostals are nuts. You guys just do stuff like that. There's no biblical precedent. Oh, but there is. The Bible said that for seven days they marched around the walls of Jericho. And for seven days they marched and the walls didn't move. So they weren't marching because the walls had come down. They were marching because they believed this next one may be the one. What if this next hallelujah is the one? What if this next Sunday night is the one? What if tonight is the night of my breakthrough? God, I feel my helping here right now. What if tonight is the night that the yoke is destroyed? What if tonight... You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. You never know who's seeing what's going on. There may be a backslider watching live right now saying that's my daddy up there worshiping. That's my mama up there worshiping. What if today is the day? Come on, I won't quit running. I won't quit running. I won't quit running. I won't quit worshiping.
Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Well, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Satan, your kingdom is coming down. My God, there's victory in this room right now. I had a brother come up to me before church tonight. And obviously he didn't know what I was preaching. He said, I told somebody the other day, I'm coming out of survival mode. I said, brother, because it's time to come out of survival and move into revival. It's time to get out of survival and get into revival. It's time to let the devil know tonight, I'm going to dance till I come out. I'm going to worship till I come out. You're not going to find me sitting down. You're not going to find me quitting. What do you do when your world caves in? Let me tell you what Edison Pena did. He said, I'm going to run and I'm going to sing, but I'm not going to sit down. Shoo. See, some of you are waiting on a feeling tonight. Some of you are waiting on a feeling to get a hold of you. You say, well, I guess if it moves on me, then I'll step out. I think you're missing it. The feeling comes when you take the step of faith and say, no matter how long it takes. It may not mean a lot to some of y'all. Just the other day, that woman couldn't even walk. Then she couldn't walk without a walker. But tonight, she's walking under the power of her own two legs in the house of God. They called, they told my, told my wife when my mother-in-law was in the hospital, they said she's going to have to do physical therapy. We're going to have to get her strong. The therapist called my mother-in-law the other day and said, when would you like to set up your first appointment? She said, I'm walking. I won't be making no appointments. <laughs> Here's what I've come to tell you tonight. Just because you're doing good don't mean your world won't cave in. Just because you've been righteous doesn't mean you're not going to face hard days. 
but I would to God that hard days in my life would have to look back at me and say, I ain't never met anybody like that. So this is what we can do tonight. I could preach this. Let the music start playing. And you could dance and shout to the beat of the drum. But I've come to remind you that in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, there was no band. And there was no preacher. There was nobody to encourage them. They were in the inner prison. Your breakthrough may not come with the beat of a drum. Your breakthrough is going to come with a made-up mind. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. Oh, I feel this right now. I've been depressed long enough. I'm coming out of this. I've been in this pit long enough. I'm coming out of this. Come on, I'm awaiting tonight. The prisoners are listening. Here comes victory. <laughs> 